0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blue Collar Chaplain Podcast. I am your host, Chaplain Tyler Eggleston. First off, I just want to say thank you to everyone for all your support on the last episode uh, the Catholic Church in Ecuador. It is uh, super encouraging to see uh, just how invested everyone gets in these episodes. You know, I put a lot of time and effort and prayer and uh, studying into uh, <clears throat> doing new episodes. So it's just, it feels really good when I get to see the benefit from that and before we uh really get started um in today's episode i just want to um give my condolences uh to all those uh people and families uh that were affected by the shooting uh last week in uh uva uh the university of virginia um I'm a big Virginia Tech fan, but I grew up in Augusta County. So if anyone's familiar, it's the valley that is literally in between UVA College and Virginia Tech. So, while I'm a UV or a Virginia Tech fan, I grew up around UVA fans and people who went to UVA and um have family who have a, who attended that college. Um I've actually done work built some scaffolding up on at that campus before um so it's just a tragedy to 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 see what what happened up there um and i just want to let everyone know uh that you're in my my thoughts and my prayers and my wife's too um and you know it's just really sad to see what happened and um you know, I hope that this is a moment that we can really look, look towards Christ and just really rely on him for our understanding when the situation doesn't seem very understanding at all. And with that too being said, I know that uh, UVA also canceled their football game last week and completely understand uh, three of the students who were killed. Uh I believe there was five total. Uh the two two of them were wounded and I believe survived, but three who were killed uh were Virginia or UVA football players. So it's totally understandable that they uh canceled their game. Uh and it is still up in the air on whether they're going to be playing Virginia Tech this weekend. So, um and again, I totally understand if they do Uh, Cancel that game, you know, and I hope that uh, through this mourning process that, um, you know, the the fans, uh, the students, the the, the families that go to the school would just turn their grievance towards Christ and just rely on him for their all their understanding. So with that, um, I also just wanted to share with everyone that my wife, Amanda, is pregnant. And she will be 12 weeks uh, this upcoming Thursday. Yeah, on Thanksgiving. She will be officially 12 weeks. And, um, you know, that's a really cool story. Uh, Definitely nervous about being a dad. It's our first kid. Um, And uh, there's just so much to talk about with that. So, but I'm going to save that for another episode. But yeah, so if everyone could just be praying for us through that. It's our first kid and um I will definitely let everyone know as soon as we know the gender. But yeah, just continue to lift us up in in prayer about that. So, um and again, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to share that uh our ministry Street Chaplains for Christ. We went out into uh the city of Newport News yesterday. And we went out to do some evangelism, uh, homeless outreach and all of our bags and everything that we had prepared for this specific trip. We were able to give all of them out and pray with everyone. And, um, it was just a super awesome experience. Super grateful for it. And just all glory be to God. So happy that we were able to get, give away all of our bags and, um, it was really cool because we ended up, there's a little courtyard there in uh, Newport News, and uh, we had stopped at a bus stop where there was two two people, and uh, we were able to give them a bag, and um, there was uh, a ministry set up in this courtyard that was actually serving hot food and uh one of the volunteers saw us we were and they him and his wife were the leaders of the whole thing and uh we were able to meet him and his wife and hopefully form a partnership uh with them to to do some more uh city outreach for those in need and things like that they had tons of um blankets and clothes they were handing out free tons of food soda water it was just really awesome and really encouraging to see other people with the same kind of mindset driven by Christ to not forget those who have been forgotten on the street. And anyone who's new listening, you know, our bags when we go and reach out to the homeless. Um we had a, a lady from our church, uh, big shout out to Yasmin. Thank you for your donation. She uh donated um some uh beanies, some gloves and socks. And uh we put those in our bags, of course, with the Holy Word of God, we had some bible tracks uh snacks um and then we also uh had a big donation of blankets, jackets, hoodies that we were able to hand out and just all glory be to God, just so thankful for the opportunity to to be trusted by God to minister his word to those people um And we hope to, uh, maybe uh, mid-December, to go to Virginia Beach and distribute some more bags. And um, there's some new details coming up with Street Chaplains for Christ that um, I can't wait to share. We um, are hopefully planning a trip in late January, maybe early March, um, to... Go to New York and do some homeless evangelism. But when we get some more processes in place, I can't wait to share more with that with everyone. And just can't thank everyone enough for their donations, their continued prayers, and just support for the podcast and everything that God's got going on. So with all that, we'll get into the meat of today's episode. And I just want to give a big shout out to Jeremy from Ohio for inspiring this episode today. And um, Jeremy, just can't thank you enough for your email, your questions, and the support for the podcast. Um, I hope you enjoy the gift that we are sending you. Uh, There were some minor technical difficulties, so there's a little bit of delay on that. But please be expecting that package here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so today we are talking about the Word of God... Versus theology, and um, it's a very weird concept and title I know, because um, you know the the word theology means to study the nature of God, okay so you know uh, uh it's very weird, right that that that's the definition of theology. it's to study the nature of God. And when you have got churches, all different type, whether they're non-denominational, Southern Baptist, Reformed Baptist, Calvinist, so on, so on, so on. And if most of their churches attest to Scripture, Genesis to Revelations, and that's important because not all of them do, but for the majority of they do, then it makes you go back to wonder why are the theologies that those churches or those conventions or those ministries or associations or whatever have you are so different sometimes and why they not only are different but can't seem to agree. And I've always had this picture of theology in my head that if, we all believed in theology being the study of the nature of, of God, then, of course, there's going to be minor differences in our theology, in our study of theology, because that's what that means, to study the nature of God. So there's going to be small nuances and differences in theology, and I'm very careful to stay away from the world our theology. My theology versus your theology. Because when you get down to the root of it, it should be ours, meaning the 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 majority we should agree on this, right? And the small nuances should come in the way that we that that the four gospels are. Okay, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, there is more detail in the book of Matthew on a certain parable or a certain act or healing or miracle, right, than there is maybe in the gospel of John. But then there might be um, a little bit more or less in Mark or Luke. And that has always been my picture of theology, that the the core theme, the thesis, the overall Uh, main point in in all four Gospels stays the same. It's consistent from Matthew all the way to John. Okay, but there is small nuances of of differences there. And that's how I believe that, that, that's always been my picture of theology, how it should be. It's not, but that's how it should be, that, you know, the Reformed Baptist there there would be small nuances of differences between um you know the non denominational church but and, and some are you know I don't wanna confuse anybody some are you know they have the consistencies and they are small things whereas different in the in the four gospels right there was not disagreements on those things, you know, but it's just like if you sent five people to and they all had a pen and paper and they all agreed to watch a concert or a movie and write down everything. You know, you're there's going to be differences. The whole thing is going to be there and there's not going to be a disagreement, but that's the difference between uh, you know, a non-denominational church versus a reformed Baptist church is that it's not just they see differently on certain things, they also disagree majorly on certain things. And that's not what it is with the gospels. Is there's not a disagreement. There's small differences in our theology Southern Baptist versus non-denominational. But it's not like we come to an agreement on those things. We just completely say, okay, well, you know what? I'm breaking away from the Southern Baptist Convention, and I'm going to do this because I refuse to even align with anything they're saying. And, you know, some of that stuff is 100% necessary. We needed people like Martin Luther, okay, to totally challenge Catholicism, the Catholic Church, and reform against the catholic church 100% we needed that reformation and we had to have that and we also needed like-minded people like john calvin to come along and start that whole reformation on you know and there there's not um i don't agree with everything that calvin did but I can I can agree in the sense that I understand why he had viewpoints on certain things. Like one thing I don't agree with Calvin on, but in a weird way I do. So it's very weird, right? He had an order that all of like paintings, statues, of anything depicting Jesus and things like that be destroyed and not be put in churches. Okay, so for people like us in America where like, you know, you, 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 Now we can buy an action figure of Jesus. Um, it, John Calvin's whole reasoning for that was to prevent idolatry. And while I have crosses in my house, um, I was lucky enough to buy uh, a hand-carved cross in Ecuador that also has a depiction of, of Christ hanging on it. Okay, so... I agree in the sense that I, I see what Calvin was doing there. That um like take the chosen, for instance. The chosen helps promote idolatry, I believe, more than it 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 points to true scripture, meaning that The Chosen, in some cases, goes so far off of Scripture that it leads you to believe things like Mary relapsing and things like that. And it helps create this false narrative in your head that is not sound doctrine. It's not sound Scripture. So there's an instance where, like, I do have crosses in my house. I do have pictures of Jesus. And I have a cross that I got in Ecuador that depicts Jesus hanging on the cross. But not because I believe that that was the skin color of Jesus. Or that's because of his facial features look like that. Or his hair. But I have that cross. And it there is a reminder of that ultimate price that Christ paid for us. But that's... the. The reason I bought the cross is not even what we're talking about. The fact is, is, I knew what Calvin was doing to stay away from the whole, you know, a black Jesus versus a white Jesus versus a Muslim looking Jesus versus just all that, because it all creates idolatry in your head. So, but there's where, you know, I don't necessarily agree with, um, having them destroyed and we should not use them. But I, I agree in the fact of why it was done. But see, but that's, that's not a disagreement uh, with, with the whole reformation there. So kind of like what Jeremy's question, um, he, he asked, should, We throw out theology just for Scripture, okay? Just for the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and not waver from anything from there. As far as Reformed Baptist, Calvin, Luther, things like that. Okay, and... The very quick answer, what I would love to just say is yes, we absolutely should. But we have to recognize the reason that Luther did what he did, uh, why Calvin did what he did. okay, And then look at the people like Charles Spurgeon and why did they align with Luther and Calvin and not Catholicism. So... What we need to stop doing in our viewpoint, and our study of theology, is stop the, just because you go to a Reformed Baptist church. Okay, you should not believe in just what Calvin said, or just the doctrine or statement of faith that that Reformed Baptist church has, just because you identify as a calvinist or reformed baptist or not or non-denominational just like you shouldn't hold the same values that Paul Washer or Charles Spurgeon has just because you love the work that Charles Spurgeon has done I love Charles Spurgeon I'm in the middle of reading morning by morning by him right now and I Totally see him, like many other people do, as like a mentor. You know, even though he has passed, uh, I, I gained so much wisdom and knowledge from Charles Spurgeon, from his writing, the way he preached, and just how on fire this man was for Christ. Nonetheless, I don't agree with his viewpoint on scripture and things like that. Just because he is a good author, just because he was a good pastor or a good preacher and knew how to preach a good sermon, I align with Calvin's teachings, with Charles Spurgeon's teachings, with Martin Luther's Reformation, because those men, those men did those things, had those views preached that way, and aligned their viewpoint that way because of Scripture. So it's like a middleman type of thing i don't I, I don't want to just agree with the same viewpoint that Paul Washer has. I'm going to skip over that because I'm I'm going to agree with Paul Washer and the viewpoint that he has on missions, carnal nature, and things like that because it's scripture-based. So it's not Paul Washer's theology that I agree with. It's not Calvin's theology that I agree with. It's not Spurgeon's theology that I agree with because instead of just aligning with their theology, their writings, and their doctrine, it's not enough for me. I want to align and believe that same way because it's scripture based. And I hope that that this is making sense. That you know, I just like um John MacArthur. Um I I don't remember exactly where I heard John MacArthur say this, but he was talking about, um, I think he was in an interview or a and a session or something like that, but he was talking about how he's very weary of pastors and churches who think they have come up with something new. And, you know, I also agree and feel the exact same way. I mean, as long as the Bible has been here, um, I'm very weary of of. People who think they have come up with a new take on a certain verse or a parable or just all those sorts of things. Um people want to talk about how old school a church is because you know they they align with, with Calvin or uh the Westminster uh confession of faith or the the London Baptist Church confession of faith. And they they see that and view those things as old school and stuff like that. That's because, like me, I don't believe that there was anything more that needed to be done. I don't believe that there was, I don't believe that we needed to have a new statement of faith. I don't believe that we needed to have a new doctrine, a new church creed. I don't, I agree in the same way as those men do. That it's not old school, it's, it's, it's. There was nothing more that needed to be added. There was not a new thing that we needed to do. So, you know, we... Don't need to... Just believe... In... Calvin's doctrines or his writings... Just because... We're... You know, just because someone is a Calvinist. Okay? Rather, you believe... And in the, the the Christian Institutes that Calvin wrote, because it is Scripture based, it is latent and ladded and and saturated with Scripture. And you don't just cling to a viewpoint that Spurgeon had just because you love his doctrine, his books, and the, and 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 how he preached. Because you love to align with Spurgeon. Because Spurgeon aligned with Scripture and because his doctrine and teaching was laced in Scripture. And getting away from the notion, well, you know, I believe the way that Paul Washer believes, or I believe the way that John MacArthur or Luther or Spurgeon, and the list goes on and on, Calvin, that you follow these teachings and doctrine as if they are infallible just like the infallible word of Christ like we we follow a church doctrine or a church theology because it's infallible but it's not infallible rather we believe in our church's confession of faith or their core values and their doctrines and things like that because it is scripture based the foundation of it is set on scripture, you know, and there is one hundred percent, you know, reformation's that uh, we need to be weary of, and the non-denominational church is—I um, mean, that's a reformation all—all all in its own. Not that a lot of uh, non-denominational churches would view it that same way. But a non-denominational church is can at times, not all of them, can at times be like the Wild West. Whereas a church that belongs to the Southern Baptist Convention, they have to uphold standards to the Southern Baptist Convention. And I by no means will not shy away from some of the corruption and things that are, are going on currently in the SBC. There is definitely things within leadership that they do need to get straight, but I also love Vadi Bauckham's fight for almost like a reformation in, in the Southern Baptist Convention to get back to where the SBC was amazing. And it still could be amazing. And that's why Vadi Bauckham fights so much For the Southern Baptist Convention to turn back to the way it should be. To have a stronger stance on abortion. To have a stronger stance on homosexuality. To have a stronger stance on critical race theory. Those little things that are creeping into the Southern Baptist Convention. That are infecting it from the inside out. But... Nonetheless, when you are involved with the Southern Baptist Convention, you have to agree to a certain standard that your church has to follow. Okay. So, but if you're non-denominational, you have free reign over certain things. Okay, you have you have free reign over ordaining women into pastorship you have free reign to uh, ordain or affirm gay marriages or ordain a uh, gay pastor or a gay priest and things like that. And we see that in the um, Lutheran church now. That the Lutheran church... is is so far away. It 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 blows my mind at where the Lutheran church is now. How someone like Martin Luther could reform the way he did against the Catholic Church and then to see a church with the viewpoints that they have now. That was once built off of a man who reformed against Catholicism for a very obvious reasons to now believe in headship of a woman over a church to and and that isn't even the worst of them all to to have um lgbt inclusive uh committees uh to be ordaining uh gay Pastors, uh, transgender pastors, lesbian pastors, and to also marry inside their churches those homosexual relationships. You could also look to the Lutheran church as someone who clinged so tightly on to what man said. Although God did amazing work in Martin Luther, he's still a, a, a sinner and you could also look to the Lutheran Church on what happens when they only accept man doctrine, man theology, man thought, man philosophy, and throw out scripture when you build on sin, you're going to reproduce sin, and that's why we we have to pay very close attention to the teachings the the uh theology the things that we align with that are realigning just with what man said, or just because it's a cool statement of faith, or is there scripture, is there Christ, is there Christ-born fruit, all over that church, all over the doctrines and the teachings of that church. So, a a church like like a non-denominational church can go that way because there is no accountability there is no hierarchy uh um leadership over that church to hold them accountable to certain because you can you can apply to, to, to your tax exemption to be a church to do all this that and third to be legal and and all that right and then have no hierarchying body above you and then I mean you can open that church with a, with a woman pastor in leadership. You can decide that you are going to uh marry homosexuals in your church. You can I mean you can go completely off of scripture and still call yourself church. And that that those are things that we have to be careful of. And I'm not I'm not in any way saying if if anyone believes that I'm saying that we should not go to a non-denominational church or all non-denominational churches are bad and it's the Wild West. You're not listening to me. Okay, because you need to use discernment, whether whether it's a Reformed church, whether it's a Baptist church, whether it's non-denominational, you have to have your Theology not set in that pastor, not set in that church's doctrine. You need to have your theology set in the infallible Word of Christ in your Bible, from Genesis to Revelations. Okay, and you need to be weary of theology, thoughts, philosophy, doctrines, or anything like that that does not align with Scripture. Not not thoughts and stuff that don't align with Calvin or Spurgeon or Luther. Thoughts that don't align with. Christ, with his word, Genesis to Revelation, everything should be, everything in life, every decision, the the music, your actions, what you do with, the, I mean, just everything needs to be under the microscope of not Spurgeon, not Paul Washer, not John MacArthur, everything needs to be pressed and put under the microscope of the infallible word of Christ. Everything. We relish, I relish at least, in the beautiful gifts that Christ has given people that I look up to. My pastor. Okay, the, the leadership and the authority in my church. And then people outside of that, like Calvin, like Luther, like Spurgeon, Paul Washer, John Piper, John MacArthur, all of them. The list goes on and on. There is nothing wrong with, and, and I want to make sure this is very clear, I am not saying that there is nothing wrong with people listening who are saying, well, I didn't understand this until I read something that Calvin or Spurgeon wrote. Same here. And I'm not saying that that, that is wrong at all. We have, there, the, God has used those people because if he did not use certain people, the Apocrypha would still be in the Bible. It would still be treated as, as infallible word. And if Christ did not use certain people for discernment, we, we would have never have gotten to the point where the Apocrypha and the quote-unquote lost books of the Bible would have never been thrown out of the Bible. I'm not saying we can't learn anything from the Apocrypha or the book of Enoch. But it's, it's no different than a book written by Spurgeon or anything like that. It's not infallible word of God. It's not scripture. So, you know, when we go to make a decision on why we don't watch the Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, because it is saturated with witchcraft and abominations according to the word of God. Okay, we want to make those decisions because we have read the prophecies, because we have read the, the the anger that God let out and the wrath that God let out on his people who practiced fortune-telling, who practiced uh, homosexuality, idolatry, sexual immorality. We want to choose to not listen to those those songs, watch those movies, read those books, not because Spurgeon in a sermon said not to, not because Paul Washer preached a good word um, or good message about carnal nature. We want to yell and say amen and be on fire and agree so much with those men because those men and their thoughts and foundation on that sermon on that book were found in the bible because here's a very good example when when your coworker is going on and on and on and on about 50 shades of gray and they ask you about it and you tell them that you've never watched it and this that and the third well why don't you oh well because Paul Washer gave this sermon and you know Paul Washer said that we shouldn't uh you know we're, we're we're tampering in things that are abomination to God. That your theology and your thought is weak. That's all that you have. You you that needs to be a a witnessing opportunity, not a glorification of man opportunity, but a witnessing opportunity to tell them. Well, you know, in the Bible, this is why. Go to that scripture and tell them about. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and about sexual immorality and what Jesus said about how serious he took sin and how he said that, that a man who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart and and then go into that detail about how serious Jesus took sin, that it would be better for you to pluck your eye out than for your whole body to be cast into hell, that it would be better for you to chop your left arm off that continues to cause you to sin for your than for your whole body to be cast into hell. That's where your viewpoint should be. And you yell amen when you listen to Paul Washer say those things because it is the infallible word of God, not just because Paul Washer said it. We, we i i align with reformed baptist and calvin not because there is small things within those churches or teachings that i like more than certain things reformed baptist and calvin They held true to scripture. They hold true to it. Okay. They are in agreements. They align with scripture. I, I, you could even say that I don't, I don't, I don't even align with them. I align with scripture and I agree with those reformations, with those doctrines, because they are scripture and they are upholding the root value in scripture. That's the way that our theology needs to be viewed. The songs that we worship to in in your car and on Sunday mornings, your tithes, your offerings, the ministries you get involved with, the church, the doctrine, the theology, it all needs to be pressed to the Word of God, the infallible Word of God. Don't just let your only nourishment that you get from the Word of God come from Sunday morning on the pastor. You need to be in your Word, too. That is... So I, I had I got asked a question one time. One... Sometimes it can be very hard to know what is... Just a uh, a small non-essential versus an essential, and I was asked one time, how you know, how how do we know that a church or a pastor is teaching and preaching good theology, and not when it's just a small offense or opinion that you need to get over, because you know, a good example is uh, I like cigars. I like to go and uh nothing fires me up more. I got I've got a meeting on Wednesday Um with someone that um has it on their heart to become a chaplain, and we're going to meet at a uh a cigar shop. We're gonna have a cigar. We're gonna talk about Jesus, we're gonna read our Bibles together, we're gonna pray, and I love that. Okay, but I'm also uh I use discernment when and where I smoke a cigar, okay? But but I also know that there is, there is leadership in people in my church that I attend that don't agree with people using tobacco or smoking a cigar, okay? That is not a cause for me to leave that church. That is not a cause for me to say, well, you have bad theology. You didn't read your scripture, right? Okay, that, if, if it was that big of a deal to me, that is a small offense that I need to get over, okay? Because it is, it is, found where Paul is talking about convictions and not following your conviction is a sin. Okay. So in this question, I was asked, you know, pretty much something similar to that. How do you know a church is teaching and preaching good theology? How do you know that that leadership has good theology and stuff like that? Being in your word. That was my response. Being in the Bible. Okay. Okay knowing the word of God not knowing all of the doctrines that Calvin wrote not knowing every point in history that the, that the Baptist Church reformed and why they reformed and not all of the 95 theses that Martin Luther wrote being in the word of God Okay, the word of God is very clear that the Word of God teaches us that you will know them by the fruits that they bear. Okay, is that church bearing good fruit? Okay, we, we never have to question theology if your theology is invested in the Word of God. And I know it sounds crazy because these topics of conversation don't always come up. So, the, 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 The uneducated person would say, Well, of course our theology should be invested in the word of God. Well, our theology always isn't invested in the word of God. That we 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 have doctrines and declarations in our church that talk about God, they sound good, they tickle the ears, but where is the scripture? Where where is the 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 scripture at? Where is the infallible word of God? Where is the only truth? In those doctrines, those creeds, and stuff like that. And then in, in Matthew, it's Matthew uh, 15, and uh, it's starting in verse 8. This is, uh, this is what Jesus says These people draw near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men teaching as doctrines the commandment of men. Okay, so, again, I mean, I keep going back to to Calvin and Spurgeon. Okay, their their doctrines are laced in Scripture. As those doctrines, those thoughts on theology and theology, the philosophy? Are they rooted in man and sin and evil? Are they just good thoughts? Are they just good? Does it just rhyme? Does it sound good? Does it tickle your ears? Or is it doctrines of Christ? Is it is it found in the infallible word of Christ? Everything in, in life needs to be pressed to the word of God our our truth, our foundation, everything is set in the word of God. Okay. You put everything under the microscope of the Bible. Relish and be happy when when teachings uh from Paul Washer, from Spurgeon and, and things like that help help you make more sense of a certain passage of scripture or, or the prophecies or the exile of 70 years and things like that, that, that there, there is a hundred percent why these, these amazing seminaries with these wonderful uh, professors and things have these teachings of, of, of gifts and uh, the gift of teaching to help you break down scripture, to help you understand it. There is nothing wrong with, uh, with that. And that's not what I'm saying. That's, I'm not saying that just because you know, reading something that Calvin wrote helped you make more sense of, of, of certain scripture. That, oh, well, I uh, must be aligning with Calvin and not with scripture. That's not what I'm saying. And I hope that's not what pe- people are thinking that I'm saying. You don't really need to be worried about bad theology, bad teaching. If, if your standard... For theology, if your standard for worship, if your standard for preaching, and your standard for doctrines is in the Bible. That is where our core knowledge of theology sh- should come from. Not just because of something Vadi Bakum said, or Paul Washer, or Calvin or Spurgeon said, but because those men's thoughts on theology are also laced in the Bible. It's rooted and consecrated in the Word of God. And that's where all of our lives should align to is the Word of God. So I mean there is there's a lot of other things I would love to talk about. I'm running out of time here. So I mean I hope that this helped give more sense of of theology where our hearts and minds should lie, what we should oppress I mean oppress our minds to and our hearts to be in the word of God. And and again, let's Matthew fifteen, eight through nine. Just listen to these words again. These people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me. Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. It's very easy. It is when you when you read that it's very easy. Is it just lip service? Is there no Christ born fruit coming from those men who 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 are very good speakers and write very good books? Is there no Christ born fruit from it other than just being an awesome salesman from the pulpit? Okay. Consecrate your lives in the Word of God. Consecrate your life to Christ. And again, I just want to thank Jeremy a lot for for his, your email, the 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 support for the podcast, um, things like that. Just totally keep this thing going. And I just love seeing the support. And uh, you know, it's anyone else out there. You know, I always give out my email address. Jeremy's got out in Ohio. He's got some really cool things coming to him. Send me an email with some questions. A prayer request. And, I mean, I don't care where you are. We've said it on here before. If uh, you need a Bible, like, hit me up, please. We will send you a free Bible. There's nothing charged to it. I have offered on here uh, a ton of times, and I am so serious. You can ask other people who have hit me up. I mean, you want a free if you're struggling with porn, sexual immorality, please hit me up. Email me, message me on LinkedIn, whatever the case may be. And I will get you a free copy of Sexually Sick. I will help get you in touch with a church. I will help to the best of my abilities that God has given me to point you in the right direction. Okay? And um there may be a free gift involved. Okay, so please, Jeremy, again, I cannot thank you so much. I can't thank everyone enough for all the support for Street Chaplains for Christ, for the Blue Collar Chaplain Podcast. Um, It means the world to me. It really does. And I just love, all glory be to God, that he would trust me enough to be a minister to his word. And I'm just so, so grateful, so grateful for it. So, um... Yeah, I mean, that kind of wraps up uh, today's episode. Um, We'll be back again in a couple weeks. I hope everyone enjoys their Thanksgiving. Um, Hopefully we don't practice gluttony and eat too much. I know that's something I pray through every year when it comes to Thanksgiving. So, yeah, just I can't appreciate all the the prayer and things uh, of that nature. We got a really, really cool episode that we are working on here at the Blue Collar Chaplain Podcast. We're going to do our first debate. Um, Really excited for that. So hopefully later in December that'll come out and I'll share some more details with everyone here soon. And again, I just cannot thank everyone enough for all the support for the show and everyone who just continues to come back and listen. Um... If there's anything you want to talk about, there's anything that you need prayer for, there's any questions you have, please hit me up. My email is chaplaintyler7 at gmail.com. And again, that's chaplaintyler7 at gmail.com. Please hit me up with any questions, prayer requests, anything I can do for you. So for that, let's pray this out. dearly Father, Lord. I just pray that your name would be the only name exalted, Lord. That your name would be the the only name lifted on high. That your name be the only thing, Lord, that is taken away. I pray, Lord, that everything in life we would put under your infallible word, Lord. The only word that is without a blemish, without a spot, without a wrinkle, Father God. I pray, Jesus, that our study of theology, Lord, would be rooted in the word of God and not man. I pray, Jesus, that our doctrines, our statement of faith, Lord, our ministries, our practices, Lord, come from your word, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would see more churches shift, Father God, to your word, Lord, and not just the teaching of men. I pray, Lord, that we would teach your doctrines, Lord, as commandments and not the doctrines of men. Father God, I pray for every listening ear listening, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that if there's people listening who do not know your endless love, your grace, and your forgiveness, Father God, I pray right now that your spirit would come over them, Lord. I pray, Lord, that your blood would pour over them, Lord, and they would feel that grace, that never-ending love and forgiveness that could only be obtained through you, Father God. I praise you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done, Lord. For it is in your holy and precious name, Lord, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that we pray. Amen.